my worst enemy The flesh that's covering me Brings me down to my knees Welcome to Sermons in the Park a ministry exploring biblical truth from the Word of God, focusing on the truths that help us in our daily walk with Christ in every aspect of our lives. Now, here is your Reverend, Jamie McCaskill. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park podcast exclusive episode. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. I'm sitting here on my couch early in the morning on Sunday, um... As I told you guys, I was supposed to work this weekend, but my uh, employer, because, you know, Jennifer was sick, um, and for those of you who don't know, Jennifer's my wife, she was sick and she got admitted to the hospital, and uh, because of that, my boss told me he would rather I just take time off because he didn't want me coming to work uh, and having my mind preoccupied. I thought it was nice of him, as, you know, he, he was very friendly about that but um and plus uh, a friend of mine said she would work in my spot and I appreciate that so Lisa if you happen to hear this thank you um so I originally had uh, planned um for the next podcast exclusive episode to be on a different subject and I'll tell you what that is uh that's Reiki because in my deliverance ministry I've had run-ins with people who who had 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 Reiki practitioners uh do whatever the ceremony or whatever you want to call it on them and they they wound up uh having issues but I'm still planning on doing that one it's just as I was sitting here today uh before recording this, I suddenly started thinking about uh, something else. And if you've seen the title and you've seen the thumbnail, you know what that is. And that's carpe diem, right? That is a phrase that uh, until I actually left Jonesville, Louisiana, where I'm from, in 1999, early 2000s, I'd never heard that term. Um... Whether that's because people in Jonesville didn't speak Latin or because, you know, the lack of the internet at that time, the internet wasn't as widespread uh, as it became. I don't know if that's why, but anyway, um, I never heard that term until I left Jonesville. Now, carpe diem, uh, for you, for those of you who don't know, is, is it's a Latin phrase, and it and it means... Seize the day. That's why people. That's how people use it. That's the way it's used. But if you were to uh, literally translate it, what you would come up with is pluck the day. Pluck, like as in you know, you would pluck a grape when it's ripe, right? And uh, the modern world uses it to mean that we should live for today and not worry about tomorrow. Oh, that sounds sweet, doesn't it? That sounds. It, there's. N- when you look at the, that meaning, it, it, it sounds like it has some merit to it. Uh, and it does. But there are also a lot of, neg- a lot of negatives to that term. 
Uh, and those negatives are something that we as Christians should look at before we use this motto and and, and uh, apply it to our own lives. Okay? That phrase, seize the day, the origins of it go all the way back. And if you look at the, uh, the, the, the picture for the for this episode uh, I put I put I chose one that has his name on it but the phrase goes back to the writings of and it's actually the origins of it of Horace now Horace is a as a writer who lived in 65 BC all the way up, and he died in 8 8, 8 BC 8 BC uh, and it comes from his book Odea Book One. And it later became popular because of the English writer Lord Byron. And it came from one of his letters that was uh, published by Thomas More in uh, 1830. We can find the idea of Carpe Diem in the opening of a poem. Uh, written by Robert Herrick, titled To the Virgins to Make Much of Time. And it reads this, it says, Gather ye rosebuds while ye may, old time is still a-flying, and this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. Now in the Bible, we see a better version of it. Uh, and it's given to us by Jesus. Uh, Jesus' version of Carpe Diem can be found in Matthew 6.34, where it says, Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto, unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, just like any verse, if you pluck it out of there, you can make it mean whatever you want, right? But when you put it in context, what this, particularly this verse, what you'll find is that it follows Jesus reassuring us, okay, that God already knows what we need long before we ask for it. Uh, that's in verse 32. Notice that this instruction right here given by Jesus is different than the more common, widespread understanding. When you look, I want you to notice. Notice that Jesus focuses on trusting in God for tomorrow. Not pretending that there is no tomorrow, but focusing on, God, focusing on trusting in God. When we look in Luke, we see Jesus give us an example of a man who, who lives by this more common understanding or meaning, if you will, of carpe diem. We see that it's negative. We, you, and you can read that in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21. And Jesus in verse 19 says that people are fools who say, and I'm reading the ver verse 19 here, and I will say to my soul, soul, Thou hast much good laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. You see, 
one thing that I, I've seen is that people believe that if you plan for tomorrow, then you're worrying about tomorrow. And that's not the same thing. Okay? When we look at the more common use of the phrase carpe diem, what we see is that it has a basis in being impulsive, being irresponsible. Just like we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 32, where Paul says, If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantageth it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Most people who use the phrase carpe diem, they have this attitude where what they do is they indulge in these fleshly desires. Going, you know, you'll hear your friends go, we need to carpe diem, bro, or something like that. And then they go out and they get drunk or they get high. And what happens? They want to have car accidents or something. Right? Or, or they'll go out and they'll party real hard. And then they come into work the next day. Oh, man, I'm so drunk. I'm so hungover. It's just horrible. They say that, you know, why are they doing it? You know, they'll say, well, I might not get the chance to do it tomorrow. I think more commonly now people use YOLO. You only live once. That's the more common one now. What is this? But if you look at this, the same mentality is used by some people who live in poverty. And this same mentality prevents them from making a plan that will pay off tomorrow, that will help them break free of that. They will kill the golden goose today knowing that in the future it will lay the golden egg which will provide for them for years to come. But if you if you weed out these more irresponsible, these more foolish uses of that phrase, right, of carpe diem, it has some value to it. Right? We should follow what Paul says when we read Ephesians 5.16. Paul tells us that we should, and I'm reading, redeem the time because the days are evil. We should be taking every opportunity to be good. Take every opportunity to do something good. Paul says something similar in Galatians 6.10 and Colossians 5.4, or sorry, 4.5. We could say that doing this, doing good with every opportunity God gives us, we are seizing the day. We are allow God is uh, God. Every moment that God gives us, we're seizing that. We're, we're uh, God is allowing us to live. God is allowing us to savor life. God is giving those things to us. We need to recognize 
we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Go look at James chapter 4, verses 13 to 15, where we read, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. When we live our lives with the understanding that, yes, our days are numbered, that we have very few days to waste worrying about something that, that might never happen, right? Then we can live in the moment. Take a look at Psalm 139, verse 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which is countenance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. What I'm trying to say here, brothers and sisters, can be summed up in something my grandma Gladys always told me. My grandma Gladys always told me, stop to smell the roses, make sure to thank God for them. We're allowed to be thrilled by the songs of birds. We're allowed to marvel at a beautiful sunset. We're allowed to take time to listen to someone who is lonely. That is true carpe diem. That is truly seizing the day. The life that you are enjoying right now was given to you for a reason. And that's not and the reason for that life is not something that the world can tell you. It was not given to you so that you can go and seize the day in a selfish way. Your life was given to you so that you can glorify God in everything that you do. Take a look. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, where we read, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. How do we glorify God? We glorify God by taking the time to appreciate everything that he has given to us. I call you again to go look. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And then we can go look at what Paul says over in Romans, chapter 8, verse 32. You know how much I love Romans. Romans, I'm sorry, I almost always stop here when I say Romans, but Romans to me is Paul's masterpiece. It is to Paul what the Mona Lisa is to Leonardo da Vinci. 
It's a masterpiece. Anyway, Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He that speared not... I'm sorry. <laughs> he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? We should put our time, our resources, into things that matter. Matthew chapter 6 verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Also, by preparing for the future. That includes, yes, here on earth, as well as in eternity. Look at Proverbs 6 chapter, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 to 8. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. And lastly, lastly, this is the last verse we're going to look at today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. For which cause we faint not, but, thou art, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, I think I've already said this before about Paul. But I want you to know, when he's writing these letters, Paul is in prison. Paul is being beaten. And look what he calls it. A light affliction that will only last for a moment. And then he says that these things are temporal. Meaning that, you know, that's the flesh. and But the things that are, we should focus on the things that are eternal. The things, that's heaven. You understand that? That's, that's just, whew. But anyway... I hope that that you've gathered something from this. This is this is something that just you know I was sitting here and I was thinking about it, and like I said, I was gonna do the one on Reiki, but I thought it'd be best to. I really wanted to talk about Carpe Diem, so I did a little quick research on the meaning or where it came from, um. And whereas Christians should look at it. And, and 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 you heard when I talked about my grandma Gladys that while I was doing the research and that's kept popping in my head. I remember my grandma Gladys, we would walk down the street. Was, I, I I lived on a street called Front Street growing up. And My grandma Gladys lived down the street from us and she would walk down and see us or, or come and grab me and go to church at the church of God there on, on front street. And my grandma Gladys would always take the time to stop and smell the roses. 
So thank you guys. I love you all. I'll talk to you soon. You have been listening to Sermons in the Park with Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, BitChute, and Rumble. And as always, thank you for listening. I was born